Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Gracias por tus oídos. Thanks for yours. So today, I wanted to talk about Joe Mixon to start off. A little bit of an update. So the process on Joe Mixon, like I said on Twitter, at FB Injury Doc, was not incorrect. The process on Joe Mixon the whole time was he has a midfoot sprain. There's data on 15 NFL players, obviously not a ma- massive sample, but it's what we have. That showed a grade one, they come back within a week. A grade two is a little more serious. The average return to play for a grade two would be 36 days. But that 36 days has a caveat. That 36 days also has a standard deviation of 26, meaning the window actually starts around 10 days for players with a grade two, and the window closes around 72 days for players with a grade two. It's a massive window. But we know that the average is 36 days. So what that means is that you need to, need to, need to hold on to Giovanni Bernard until we get greater clarification that Mixon will actually be back after the bye. Because after the bye, it'll be three weeks. It'll be 21 days. That's obviously still 15 days off from the average. So this isn't necessarily a prediction that Mixon won't play after the bye week in, in week 10. He could. But it's... Just to say, if you're a conservative player, if you have playoffs locked up at this point, if you don't really need anything other than depth, right now, it's probably the best idea to hold Giovanni Bernard. So, hold Giovanni Bernard. It's not a slam dunk Mixon's back after the bye. The next guy I wanted to give an update on was Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had an MCL injury on October 4th, which was the same day that Alston Eckler got injured. I think that was one of the apocalyptic weeks that everybody was sort of up in arms about. So basically what we heard from Adam Schefter was that this could be up to a six-week injury, which makes all the sense in the world because the study from the UEFA injury study, it's an 11-year data concerning 346 MCL injuries in time to return to play study. This was by Matilda and colleagues. What they found in this 11-year study in soccer players was that the median missed time for an MCL injury is 16 days. So, of course, median meaning half missed more 16, half missed less than 16 days. The mean missed time was 23 days. And then the standard deviation was 23 days. So basically meaning players missed anywhere from zero days to 46 days, which is lines up perfectly with the Schefter report. So it, it seemed, like I said before at the time, it seemed like they were sort of just force-feeding these studies down Schefter's throat, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, Chubb has missed three games, and the Browns go on by after this week, and so it'll probably be the week after their bye that you see Nick Chubb. It's not a slam dunk yet, but these typically don't go the entire full six weeks, Um, but keep an eye on it. Uh, keep an eye on my Twitter at FB injury doc. And I think you'll see Nick Chubb after the bye. The last update I'll give before moving on to players for this week is Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders got injured last week. It seemed like what happened to Miles Sanders was that he had an, a meniscus issue. The Eagles obviously didn't feel like it needed a scope to be repaired or cleaned up the classic cleanup procedures that would have taken two to three, two to four weeks. Um, and instead they just rested him. The problem with meniscus issues is that you get swelling and you get pain. And since Miles Sanders hasn't practiced this week and didn't practice last week, he's unlikely to play this week. 
meaning it was just bad enough, the swelling and the pain, for them to sit him for the last couple weeks until the bye, but they didn't think it was bad enough to go in and actually do a cleanup, which is good news. So I think you'll see Miles Sanders after the bye just like Chubb. Uh, as always, nothing is a slam dunk. At worst, he misses one more week after the bye, but the end, he'll be back. So don't drop Boston Scott just yet. Okay, moving on to the Seattle backfield. A headache. I wrote 450 words at fantasypoints.com just on the Seattle backfield. This is a situation that's a little bit unprecedented. We've never had three top running backs from the same team go down at the same time, at least not in recent memory that I, that I can remember. So basically you have Chris Carson who's dealing with a midfoot sprain. Ironically, coincidentally, the same sprain that Joe Mixon is dealing with, Chris Carson is. Um, and he, it seems like if it's as serious as Joe Mixon's, that he's going to miss at least this week. That's obviously based on averages. The average return to, return to play for a grade one is about four days. The average return to sport for a grade two is about 36 days. Big difference, obviously. And the problem is always knowing the severity. The problem is always knowing how bad the teams are making the injury sound versus how bad the injury actually is. So that's 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 the skinny on Chris Carson. Then you move on to, you know, the next man up, Carlos Hyde. 30-year-old Carlos Hyde, apparently, according to Pete Carroll, got a hamstring injury celebrating the something that happened on the field. So hurt his hamstring. They think that it's not that serious. But he's 30 years old, like I said, and he hasn't taken a full workload in, you know, a while. And a massive spike in a workload could further aggravate that hamstring, even if Carlos Hyde does play. So Travis Homer, right? The guy that I thought had the best chance to play initially, at least at the beginning of the week, also doesn't look like he's going to play. He hasn't practiced either. And his knee issue is a pain tolerance thing. When it comes to pain tolerance things, if players are active, specifically with knee bruises, because you can't take a Ketorolac shot, uh, an anti-inflammatory shot, they, they're they extremely painful. Knee bruises are. I wouldn't want a 300-pound lineman barreling towards me, taking a hit, if my knee is already like killing me. So if Travis Homer plays, I don't know how effective he'll be either. And then you look at the bigger picture, right? You zoom out. They have DJ Dallas who would be active. The reality is they're probably not going to go with just one active running back. So if you see them promote a running back from the practice squad today, that's definitely something to monitor because Hyde, Homer, and Carson, none of those guys have practiced this week. They've been DNPs. Another thing to consider here is that from 2016 to 2019, only 45 skill players ended the week on Seattle's injury report with at least a questionable tag. And 19 of those players ended up being active. That's about a 42% clip. So what that tells us is that generally speaking, when players end the week with a questionable tag, there's only about a 42% chance that they end up being active. I know that's not perfect. I know that's not necessarily how it works. But traditionally speaking, over the last several seasons, Pete Carroll has showed his hand that even though he speaks very, very glowingly and optimistically about most injuries... That when it comes down to it, if players end the week on an injury on the injury report, there's a pretty good chance they don't play. Now, the counterpoint here, and I understand the devil's advocate point, is that this is sort of an unprecedented situation. 
we've never seen all three starting, you know, top three running backs from Seattle be on the injury report and have some sort of injury. So what this could all mean that they haven't practiced, it could all mean that Pete Carroll's just holding them out to keep them healthy, which is a good point. So to be 100% honest, I don't really know what's going to happen. We have all the information I just gave you. We have historical data. We have a little bit of common sense, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I'm just staying away from this backfield altogether. It's a headache. Uh, If you have to deal with this, I'm so sorry. The last player that I'll talk about before I take off, well, maybe the last two before I take off and actually treat real patients and not fantasy patients, are Aaron Jones and Allen Robinson. So Aaron Jones is dealing with a calf strain. What we know about calf strains is that it takes about 17 days for players to come back from them. The standard deviation is just about 15 days. So that's obviously a really wide window, but we, what we know by now is that Aaron Jones, as of today, is about 14 days removed. That tells us that, you know, he probably has a pretty good chance to play next week. Now, given the Packers' conservative nature, it's not really a slam dunk because we did see them hold out Devontae Adams when they openly said he probably could have gone. So even though I don't necessarily think Aaron Jones will sit next week, it's still a possibility. So just like with Giovanni Bernard and just like with Boston Scott, I still wouldn't drop Jamal Williams if you were able to grab him off the waiver wire. I know this all sounds conservative and I know it all sounds speculative, but especially if you've locked up playoff spots already, you just need to be careful with what you're doing. You need to be careful not to maybe lose your bye week and keeping Jamal Williams and playing a little more conservatively at this point is probably the move and the way to go. The last guy I'll talk about, and I'm not going to talk about Michael Thomas because anybody's guess is as good as mine about what's going to happen there, is Allen Robinson. There's a study conducted in 2009, I believe, but it looked at retrospective data on NFL players from 2002 to 2007. What they found in this study is that about 75% of players, excuse me, 75% of players who suffered a concussion returned to play within seven days. That was sort of when it was still the wild, wild west when it came to concussions. Nobody really said anything about them. It was hush-hush. There wasn't really an established protocol, and we didn't really take them that seriously. So by the time 2012 rolled around with a new protocol, things changed. Now, I think that the 75% numbers is pretty high. But I think here, as we sit in 2020, the number still probably hovers between 50 and 60, 65% of players that get a concussion will be back within, will be back within seven days. It's not always the case, but look for Allen Robinson to potentially get a partial practice in here that today, specifically on Friday. Um, Philip Lindsay is one day ahead of him in terms of the day that they got a concussion. And Philip Lindsay was a partial participant, probably doing just light jogging on the side yesterday. So hopefully we see that in Allen Robinson today. This is his first documented concussion, at least as far as I've been able to find. So hopefully he can clear that protocol before Sunday morning. That's going to do it for today. That's it. I'm supposed to entertain you as well. So I'm going to give you a quick second to listen to this joke that is hilarious and a dad joke and you'll love it. What do you call a pig that does karate? Pork chop. Thanks for your ears. Gracias por tus orejas. 
Make sure you follow me on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Make sure you go and read the full article where I talk about Philip Lindsay, Andy Dalton, Austin Hooper, Mark Ingram, Cordero Patterson, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Tim Patrick, Adrian Peterson, Sammy Watkins, Brian Edwards. The list goes on and on and on and on. Make sure you read the full analysis on all those players at FantasyPoints.com. Use promo code BORRAS10 to get a nice little discount there. And that'll do it for today. Thanks.